This week at church, Pastor Cindy McKinley talks about trust and confidence. You can join us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for free coffee, free baked goods, a worship service, and a sermon to follow. The church is located by the Coventry Mall on Laurelwood Road. Pastor uses his little iPad-y thing. I'd just soon have paper notes. So here we go. Praise the Lord. Let's just pray. Father, I just thank you so much for the opportunity that we have once again to be in your house. Lord, I thank you for this congregation and how, Lord Jesus, you have reached down so many times into our lives, and you have performed miracles, Lord. Sometimes it was instantaneous, but sometimes those miracles took a process that we had to walk through, but yet we still saw your hand moving and working in our lives, in our church, and in families, in our community, and we thank you for that. We thank you that your presence is here today, Father, and we ask that you'll speak to our hearts. Draw us closer to you and make us more like your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Every time I go to my mom's in Kentucky, hanging on the wall in the house is this beautiful tapestry that my sister got in Tennessee. She loves bears. And everything that she has to do with is all in bears. And on this tapestry, there is a scripture that I have read a thousand times, if not more. And at the bottom of the tapestry, it says, in quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. In quietness and confidence. And every time I read that scripture, I just, I stand and I ponder it a little and I go off on my merry way. Every time I go to Kentucky, I read that scripture just about every day. And a few months ago, actually it was last year, I read that scripture and something hit me for the first time. That word confidence, just pondering on that word confidence. And as I sat and just began to think about the word itself, confidence is a a belief in powers or trustworthiness or the reliability of a person or thing. Confidence. What kind of confidence do I have? Do I have confidence in myself that I can accomplish anything? Far be it from that. Do I have confidence in Christ? Along with confidence comes trust. You can't have confidence in something or someone if you don't trust them. And to trust someone is a firm belief in integrity, ability, and the character of that person or thing. And if we have confidence and trust, then it's going to give us hope. Hope. And this morning, I want to talk about confidence and what kind of confidence we have, not necessarily in ourselves, because some of us can have a lot of confidence in ourselves that we can just conquer anything and do anything. But what kind of confidence do I have, do we have, in Christ Jesus. And that particular day, as I was sitting there just rereading that verse, these questions came to my mind. My confidence in Christ, do I believe that he can take care of all my needs? My answer was yes. 
Do I believe that no matter what I face in this life, he's going to get me through every circumstance, no matter how bad it is? The answer was yes. Do I believe he's faithful and he's trustworthy? Yes. And then the question hit me, do I live my life as though I believe it? Do I show forth that confidence that no matter what, this face is going to show that my God is in control of everything? And I'm going to tell you, many of you have seen my face in situations that it did not show confidence that God was going to take care of it. And I would venture to say that all of us has been there and there's times that we've encouraged one another and I've been able to encourage others when I'm not in that place. But God wants us to have confidence in him that no matter what we face, we can trust him with everything in our lives and we can show that we do. Over the past 12 weeks, we have been viewing and discussing the series A.D., And this morning, I just kind of want to share my heart with you a little bit, if that's okay. One of the first things that that dawned on me was the confidence at the very beginning, the very first show, maybe the lack of confidence that the disciples had. Because after Jesus died, the confidence that they had was very little, if any. They were fearful. They didn't trust anyone. Their hope was gone. Jesus is dead. Now what are we going to do? Scripture tells us that Peter just went fishing. He said, I'm going fishing, guys. What do we do now? And the very first episode talked about a hope for a new beginning. And that hope for a new beginning came about with the, not just the death, but it was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's what brings hope for a new beginning for all of us. It's one thing to say that Jesus died, but it's another thing to preach and live the resurrected part. And that's, that's where our hope comes from. And that's what the disciples began to preach after Jesus rose from the grave and he revealed himself to them. They preached Jesus crucified and rose from the, day, the dead. And that, in, that alone gave them confidence to go out and to do and to spread the word. They preached the word and many, as you know, came to Christ and believed that he was the son of God, that he is the Messiah of the world. Even though they struggled, they doubted and they had fears. Their past was no longer part of how they were living their lives. They were moving on in that new beginning in hope. And you know, There's a scripture that says, as long as we are among the living, we have hope. So it doesn't matter what you're going through today, what you're facing, what challenges or struggles you might be having. As long as we're breathing, there's always hope, no matter how bad it seems. And that hope, that new beginning starts at the cross of Jesus Christ. It's coming to him, giving our hearts to him and starting a new journey with him, even though We have, many of us here have walked with the Lord for several years. We still go through times that we struggle, times that we face circumstances that we we wonder why. We question, God, I'm not sure why this has happened. 
I'm sure that the congregation at Glad Tidings, the GT Church in Reading, this morning are still battling with that question. Why, God? I don't understand with the accident that their pastors just went through and losing Pastor Lynn and Pastor Brian where he is. Question, because we don't understand why things happen in this life. Only that we live in a world that's fallen. But the scripture tells us in King David, he has so many awesome things to encourage us with. And one of the things that he says in Psalms 34, he says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. He's close to us no matter what it is we face. And we can't lean on our own understanding because we don't understand it at times. We just have to trust him. So no matter where you are in your journey of life, Jesus is right here with us, waiting for us to hold on to his hand and walk that journey. One of the other things that um, we learn when we come to Christ and we start walking that journey is that there's a time frame that God goes through with us. Our time and his time are not the same. And I don't know about you, but there's times when I'm going through something, I want it fixed, over with, right now. And I want to pray and God just bring the answer and let this be over with. But can you attest that that usually doesn't happen that way? A lot of times we go through a process, don't we? And when we have things that we go through in our lives, we don't get to where we are overnight. And to turn things around doesn't happen overnight either. So the disciples, they had to learn, and so do we, to wait on the Lord and as I think about our society, especially Americans, oh my goodness, do not like to wait. You go to another country, and that's going to be one of the challenges for our team going to South Africa. We will have to wait. In India, anything we needed that they had to go get, Carrie can attest, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. And two hours later, they're coming back with what we had to have. Time means nothing to them. But in America, it's different. We don't like waiting at the stoplights. We don't like waiting at stop signs. My husband fusses at me because I don't come to a complete stop. Let the car breathe five seconds, and then I can go. I'm working on that one. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I do look both ways before crossing the street. But we live in a time where everything has to be mic'd. Stick it in the microwave, and then we're sitting here like, oh, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up for that one minute to go by. The drive-through services, even your prescriptions, you can get through drive-through now. It's just amazing. Instant coffee, instant pudding, instant whatever. My mind just went blank. Oatmeal, whatever. Everything is just quick, quick, quick. But God wants us to learn to wait upon him. It's amazing that the last thing Jesus told his disciples to do, he says, I'm going back to heaven, and I want you to do something. What was it? Go to Jerusalem and what? Wait. Go and they didn't even know what they were waiting for. Go, think about that. Go and wait, because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and he's going to be your comforter, your guide, your peace, everything you need, the power you need to walk and live this new beginning in your life is going to come through the Holy Spirit. David says, I wait for the Lord. 
my whole being, think of this, waits. And in his word, I put my trust. He was a man of confidence. He trusted God. He trusted his word. He had confidence knowing that whatever he needed, God was going to take care of that need. Isaiah says that they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. I don't know about you, but there have been times that I have been just, I have felt just drained and, and run down and just struggling because of all the busyness that I can get involved with. And when we take time to step back and just sit and wait in God's presence, there's a strength that comes from that. We can feel, come out of that, that closet, that prayer closet out of our bedroom, wherever, and thinking, I can do this. Life is okay. Because we've had that time, we've come back and waited upon the Lord. He says, Isaiah goes on to say, they will mount up with wings like eagles, and they will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. The power of the Holy Spirit is for us, and he will come and and dwell within us as we spend time waiting in his presence. Now, I want to ask you a question. A few Sundays ago, pastor made a comment. He talked about an old-fashioned uh, altar time of prayer. Old-fashioned prayer time around the altar. How many of you, and this is not to embarrass anybody, how many of you actually knew what he was talking about when he made that statement? What in the world does he mean? Old-fashioned prayer meeting around the altar. I want to tell you this morning, what our kids, our youth experienced at camp, that thickness of the presence of God, took place at an old-fashioned altar of prayer. As they were on their faces before God, seeking God and pouring their hearts out to him, the presence of God showed up like they had not experienced before. God wants to do, and God used to do that same thing right here in this church. He wants us to respond, and it has to be a response on our part, and I'm not just I'm speaking from my heart, and I'm speaking to myself today as well. He's wanting us to respond. When we feel his spirit tugging at our hearts, we need to respond to that. We need to take ourselves back, step back away from all the busyness, all that to-do checklist. And we need to say, Father, what is it you're wanting to say to me? He might already be dealing with your heart on something. He might already be revealing that to you. And as you take that time to step back and listen for his voice, read his word and see how it's going to apply to your life, I'm telling you, his presence will show up. His spirit will show up. And as you respond to him, he is going to not just give you strength for what you need to accomplish for that particular moment or day. He's going to give you the power to do that, but he is going to increase your confidence in him. Because you're going to be able to trust him more. Because think about it as your spouse relationship or your best friend relationship. We trust those that we allow to come into our hearts. We open our hearts to them. 
And if we don't open our heart to anyone, we're not going to trust anyone. And maybe you've opened your heart to some that have walked all over your heart and shattered your heart. Just remember, God is near the brokenhearted. He doesn't leave you. He's there to heal that and to mend that. When we're in his presence, the scripture says, in his presence, there is fullness of joy. How many need joy in their life? In his presence, there is fullness of joy. In his presence, we will have peace. We will feel comfort. We will be content. We can have our healings that we desire and long and need. We will be strengthened and encouraged. We all need these things in our life. And it's going to come about as we spend time in his presence. Spending time in his presence will help us to understand what matters most in this life. Because I don't know about you, but my to-do list sometimes can be filled up with just busyness. Things that just keep me busy. Things that maybe I don't need to be doing. But what matters most? I love what Solomon said in Ecclesiastes. He says, God has set eternity in the hearts of humans. God has set eternity Think about that. In every heart, every person that's alive and walking on the face of this earth, God has set the reality of eternity in their hearts. They can't get away from it. They might say, oh, I don't believe in that stuff, but it's there. It's deep there because God has put it there. And we can't get away from the fact that one day we will die and one day we will face eternity. But until that day comes, what do we do between now and then? Like the disciples, they went about the Father's business, what God had called them to do, what Jesus empowered them to do, to spread the gospel, to spread the, news, the good news, to reach a world that was lost and dying. And that same mandate has been to us. Oh my goodness, even more so now. I can't say that. I just said to my husband coming to church this morning, our country is quickly, quickly, quickly moving in to the realm of where when you read in the New Testament in John and Peter's writings and James, all their writings, everything that was happening back then, all the sinful things that were going on is coming in forefront in our nation today. And when you read in the New Testament, what, when Peter tells you how to live a holy life, he was dealing with the same things that we are dealing with today. But it's getting more rampant in our country. But it was already going on. And he was wanting us to know that we need to live a life of holiness. And the only way we can do that is if we got confidence in the God that we say we serve. Because if we have that confidence in him, it doesn't matter what anyone says or anyone does to us. We're going to hold fast to what we say we believe in. So the confidence that Jesus gave them enabled them to walk in the spirit, to be in tune to God's voice. I loved it on the, the movies that they showed that every time that the, the presence of God came on, then it was like the blowing of the wind. 
Now, we don't feel that every day, but we can feel if we're in tune with God, if we have been practicing coming apart, being in his presence, we will know when the Holy Spirit has come on us to speak forth what God wants us to say or to bring a word of encouragement or just to maybe be quiet and pray. We will be able to do that. But to see a bigger picture, if we could go to heaven right now into the throne room of God and stand and look over the balcony upon this earth, we would see the big picture. If God were to open our eyes and we would quickly realize this world is in a war, not just war on earth, but there is a war being fought in the heavenly realms a spiritual battle that's going on. And it's a battle for the souls of mankind. And God is wanting his children, his people, his church, to have that confidence in him to go forth and do what he's called us to do, to fight in that battle. Because you see, Christianity is not about the doing. It's not about something that we just do. It's who we are. It's who we are as children of the living God. And we live out who we are. It's not just coming to Sunday morning church and say, oh, I gave God an hour today and go about our merry way the rest of the week. That's not what it's about. As we walk around like we're in defeat. And I'll tell you, I, I have that sometimes. I'm no different than any of the rest of you. We battle those things. And yet, all because at times he wants to weigh us down. He wants to speak those stinking lies in our ears that we, we don't matter to anybody else or whatever it is. And sometimes we believe that stuff that we hear in our heads. But when God speaks to us, he's going to speak words of encouragement and hope and assurance and all that's going to bring out the confidence that we need. Confidence. We can overcome anything the world throws at us. Why? Because Jesus said, I've overcome the world. He says, in this world, you're going to have troubles. He says, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. Jesus was tempted. He was hated. He was persecuted. He was slapped in the face. He was spit upon. He was stripped of his clothing. He was tortured and killed and he overcame every single one of them. How did he overcome being killed? He rose from the grave. He overcame everything that's thrown our way. Jesus has gone through and overcame it. And he says we can do the same thing. So let me ask you this morning. Who or what is your confidence placed in? Is it in people? Because if it's in people, then if you haven't figured it out yet, they're going to hurt you, they're going to reject you, they're going to disappoint you, and some of them are even going to die on you. We can't put our confidence in people. Is it in your career? Because tomorrow, we can lose our jobs. Tomorrow, our company could fold up and move to another country. Tomorrow, we could get fired. What is your confidence in? Is it in your health? Do you know the moment that we are born, we begin to die? Our health can fail us. Many in this room have experienced.
experience that and are, and are dealing with that every day of their life? What about material things? Those things we so hard for. Some things we've even gone in debt for. Do you know they could be stolen or destroyed in a fire? Over time, they wear out. I don't know about you, but when I drive past old rundown houses or junkyard where a bunch of cars are trashed, in my mind, I think, I wonder what they looked like when they came off the assembly line. Because there was a time they were brand new. There was a time the last nail went into that house and it was brand new. Things wear out. What about the stock market? Is your confidence in the stock market? It goes up and down and remember it crashed maybe once or twice before. Can't put our confidence in that stuff. It's our confidence government. I want to tell you something. Just because the government passes a law that says something is now legal does not mean that it's still not a sin. I can't tell you how many times I've heard the comment, oh, that used to be a sin, or that's not a sin anymore. God has not changed his mind. And just because something is voted into law doesn't make it free will if we're living according to the word of God. So this morning, where do you turn when your heart is broken? Do you turn to drugs, alcohol? I just had someone tell me last week something happened in their life. Man, I need six cigarettes right now. I thought, well, what is six cigarettes going to do for you to change this? Where do you turn? Do you turn to those things to find the comfort? Or do you turn to the Holy Spirit, who's our comforter? What do you do when your pain and the problems that you're facing are greater than the worst nightmare you can ever think of? Do you run to the doctor for medication to get you through it? What do we do when our emotions are running out of control and we don't know how to bring them back and we don't know how to just think clearly sometimes? Do we have thoughts of suicide? Where's our confidence? Who's it in? When has been the last time you've set yourself aside and you've brought your burdens, your cares, and the pressure of this and fallen on your knees before God and poured your heart out to Him, waited in His presence to see what He would have to say to you. David said, trust in Him at all times. You people, pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. In Lamentations, we can read this. Arise, cry out in the night. Pour out your heart like water in the presence of the Lord. Lift up your hands to him for the lives of your children. We who are parents 
who have little children especially, we need to be interceding God for our kids, for his protection upon their lives, over their minds, their hearts. This morning, I don't know where you are, but I know you're here, but I don't know where you are when it comes to your confidence, your trust, your hope. But I want you to know, if you have not made that decision to give your heart and your life to Jesus Christ, He's wanting you to take that first step today. 